0: This device isn't a spaceship. It's a time machine. goes backwards, forwards. It takes us to a place where we ache to go again.
1: It's not called the wheel it's called the carousel here comes the
0: adam's all right no no you're supposed to keep talking so it's like it's just like you know we just go right into it like easy okay. to
1: say. all right sounds good oh uh, well I'm, I'm i'm happy to be here by <laughs> the way uh thanks for was it was time number two time number two chris gaddick is that yeah.
0: how I, is that how we say your name chris gaddick,
1: gaddick. yeah chris gaddick. gaddick yeah that's right
0: gattica chris yeah. gaddick
1: that's that's the easy way to remember it but uh yeah man i gotta get down there to pasadena and pay you a visit because yeah uh, the uh the fugazi italian slash Chicagoan and in me is uh is missing my uh boom bots and pasadena has that uh what's that italian deli over there oh yeah dude
0: you know your stuff we have roma deli are you talking about roma
1: yeah roma yeah i used to be a well i used to be a west sider so i used to have bay cities and uh, i'd have to schlep it down Lincoln lincoln Boulevard to. To get a sandwich, but uh there's that one and there's a uh, Domingo's, but that's a, that's a, that's a trek from you. That's an, you know.
0: Yeah. Domingo's. I don't even know Domingo's. Yeah. Roma's great. It's like the stove, the same old guy still works there. He's like all bent over and stuff.
1: Uh You gotta love it.
0: Although the, the entire dining cuisine, the entire cuisine landscape of Pasina is now a hundred percent Chinese. Every There is literally... 17 boba shops within walking distance from where I am right now. It has to be money laundering. There's no way there's that of many course. boba shops. <laughs> it's, <laughs> it's absolutely insane. And you'll walk by and it will be like boba shop and snack shop. And you'll look at the menu and it'll be like boba. And there's all kinds of weird, it'll be like boots and noodles, which is like weird types of boba. And then it'll be like duck blood soup. You know, it's like, it's like Chinese
1: shit. When I used to live in San Francisco, we had a place in the, this is the first time I ever witnessed like something like this. And so like when I first moved to San Francisco, I was in the mission and there was a Chinese place that was also appended to a donut shop. And I was like, this, this is off. And I never saw anybody in there.
0: (laughs) Yeah. I think that's how they do it. I think they buy like, because, you know, you go to a Thai place and it'll be like Thai and then next door will be like the massage place, you know? Mm-hmm. So it's mm-hmm. like hand jobs and Thai food. It's all the same. It's like the same level of service. It's just like trash level service of everything, you know? Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, yeah, somebody's got to do it mm-hmm. um, anyway. So, OK, well, I, I brought you on here because I you are a media marketing media mastermind. Um, you run AdQuick, which is a oh, out of home. Not
1: me. I run the, the marketing and the sales part of okay, it. Okay. So you I have, are... I have
0: a boss, <laughs> you have a boss, but you work at, uh, AdQuick, which is an out of home. Um, it's a very cool out of home sort of platform. Um, and it involves media buying. So the question that I wanted to ask you is I have been watching the Golden Globes, I have been watching a lot of NFL football and the obvious glaring thing is that 60 to 70% of the ads are for pharmaceuticals. Right. And it used to be maybe 10, 20, you know, maybe maybe 30, and now yeah. it's just it's so glaringly obvious that all of these things are are pharmaceutical ads. Now, many of them are Pfizer. You see Pfizer shilling the vaccine, which is terrifying. You know, you see uh, all kinds. It's a lot of eczema stuff. It's a lot of other like, you know, weird, weird things. Made up
1: diseases that don't that need treatments. (laughs) Yeah. You know, like
0: itchy, itchy face syndrome. You know, it's, it's like things they're making up And so I I just wanted to know, like before just blabbering about it myself and trying to like write some article where I where I grab a bunch of stats from like this article, I wanted to go to the source and see, like, why is this happening? Why has they taken over all of these traditional advertising spots? Why is the pharma industry?
1: I think before we jump into that, I'd love to get an understanding of like, when did you start noticing this? Does this have anything to do with, uh, you know, a famous pop star and uh, her new her new uh, NFL <laughs> football <laughs> boyfriend or, or like, because like, I, I'm not a big sports guy, but I do fantasy football because I love beating people that, you know, focus too much on the statistics and I just kind of wing it and somehow end up winning. Yeah, um, nice, nice. But like... I started seeing that and I was like, okay, this is going to be one large integrated campaign. You know, she's uh, Taylor Swift starts showing up at the games. And then, uh, you know, uh, I think, uh, Tra- Travis Kelsey, who's the, I think he's like a tight end for the chiefs, something yep. receiver yes. for the he's chiefs. A tight
0: end. He's a tight end. Yeah.
1: All right. Yeah. Tall He's the tall guy on the field. <laughs> um, but, uh, um, uh, once I, when I, then I started seeing that, like, you know, he would signed some sort of sponsorship deal for like 20 mil with Pfizer. So I'm like, okay, well, this is, this is going to be a big play. And, you know, I guess, why is it, why now? Um, I think it's important to actually, when, usually when you ask why a certain marketing campaign or a set of tactics or a strategy is being enacted, it's really important to just go back to the money piece. Right. Yeah. So if you go back, I mean, uh, I was looking at this yesterday. So uh, the numbers might be slightly off, but directionally accurate, which is like, so, okay, when COVID happened, right. There were three beneficiaries of uh, three, three, three companies that that got the vaccine deal, right. There was Pfizer, Moderna uh, and Johnson and Johnson. Right. And so uh, if you look at the revenues, um, if they peaked, December 20 or Q4 of 2021, Q1 of 2022, um, since then you've seen a precipitous collapse in their revenue base. So like, I think Moderna's revenues from its peak are down like 75%. Uh, I think when we were chatting yesterday about this idea, um, FI- we, we saw that like Pfizer was down a substantial amount since that peak. So, uh, after record profits, um, you, one would imagine that they're going to be um, trying to kind of prevent that decline in growth because obviously people aren't uh, getting as many vaccines as they are, uh, you know, as they did in 2021, 2022, right? So at, at the very basic level is their revenues are declining and their blockbuster drug is no longer a blockbuster and they're trying to stretch this as far as it can, right? Um why is it on tv um so wait uh so the, the the funny thing is during the during the playoffs i don't know if you saw this but uh uh you were also mentioning the Glo- golden globes um and so i i don't watch the golden globes i think they had like record low viewership this year yeah i'm sure they do. that's
0: the, the oscars and the golden globes it's like comically plummeting to zero that's like yeah, unbelievable I, every year they use like 10 lose like 10 million viewers it's like down yeah yeah sorry yeah
1: i saw this stat where it was like four million where just four million households dialed in but the the funny thing was uh <clears throat> i know you and i are chronically online terminally online so like i saw on twitter i don't know if you're a fan of uh, uh it's always sunny in philadelphia yeah, but sure. Um, I've seen
0: I haven't seen I'm not like a huge fan, but I've seen several, you know, episodes. Anyway,
1: so like the 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 Philadelphia Eagles are in their playoff game and then uh, the folks in that show, the cast of that show are Hardcore Eagles fans. And so they're in the in the audience at the at the Emmys and uh, basically like just watching the, <laughs> the thing. And the funniest thing was one of the, the cast members, Rob McElhinney, um, his wife just did a selfie with them. And it's just him just watching the game. It's like, who the fuck schedules, uh, you know, the Emmys during a primetime uh, football, football you know, play, playoff, playoff football game. Yeah. And so so. I found it very interesting that you were seeing pharma ads there too, but yeah. I mean, when you think about it, um, it kind of breaks out into a couple components, right? Um, first, I think it's important to think about targeting, right? So pharma typically skews, you know, their customer base skews older, right? And it's uh, it's difficult nowadays in twenty twenty three to literally just land and do a mass market push against a very, uh, you know, very uh, specific segment, right? So like, it's very hard to target uh, old folks outside on other channels and have that same reach, have that same frequency um, as, you know, as a football game, right? So the football games, they know that the boomers are watching. By the way, um, the, I found it hilarious uh, that like they had, the the games now go on the new Peacock streaming app. I think yeah. that that caused a lot of problems. Yeah. Uh,
0: yeah. No, there was a big article in the Wall Street Journal about like it was a terrible failure. Nobody could find the game. But I listened to Bill Simmons. Uh, it's my my guilty pleasure listening mm-hmm. to Bill Simmons talk about football. And uh, he was making fun of it so much before he was like he was like there's like him and cousin Sal who he has on there like. My uncle is gonna have an easier time finding a real peacock in his yard than uh, than than being able to find the game on Peacock, the the, the the you know the streaming platform, which is very true. And so I don't know how much they screwed that up or if people were able to watch the games. I think there were actually two that were exclusive to only yeah. streaming, so not on. They were only on TV in the market area, but they weren't on any regular TV. But besides in the area where the games where your team was. Mm -hmm. Uh, And so they were only on the Peacock streaming platform, which is just like such a pain in the ass. So you got to log in, you got to find the app on your fucking Roku. I mean, it's like these boomers. They have no idea where this shit is. And I would have been so pissed. I mean, like, uh, you know, I'm like the opposite. Like, I can't find the shit on the regular TV because I don't have it.
1: But yeah, I I think we'll touch on that in a a little bit, too. Yeah. A lot of people don't have it. But uh, yeah. Friend, friend of our pod, uh, Trung Fan, He's a writer for Bloomberg. He's got his uh, non, not investment advice podcast with uh, Bilal zadie and Jack, but, uh, uh, Jack Butcher. But uh, he, he was just on a roll about how basically every every forty, every anybody under forty was basically their dedicated IT support for getting their boomers to, uh, getting their boomer parents to download the app and get to get the game going and he was on so much he was dropping so many bangers that the peacock literally blocked him so
0: <laughs> yeah who <laughs> knows there um yeah.
1: but uh going back to that i'm sorry i digress um so uh so uh so the media ecosystem is increasingly fragmented uh as you mentioned like you know the 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 cord cutting thing is a real thing so i guess they had to migrate to to you know streaming um historically broadcast TV, uh, depending on how many eyeballs were on it, commanded similar prices as what streaming does now. So it's basically just a migration of uh, one format to the other. However, you know, there's not as many people watching long form content. And so uh, a lot of these uh, advertisement slots are quite expensive, right? And so the other thing is pharma companies have pretty pretty substantial gross margins. So like, you know, to the tune of like 70%. So they have coin to invest in the most expensive media formats and to reach them and maximize the amount of reach that they get against a certain audience. And it just so happens that I guess maybe this year, because other industry verticals uh, are kind of recalibrating or reconfiguring, you know, their, their marketing approaches. I mean, think automotive, like, or, or let's unpack this. Like Isaac, what are historically pre this year, you know, what was the makeup of, uh, you know, advertisers during a football game? What do you, yeah, remind-
0: it was, it was right. It was a lot of car where right. now car has gone way down, right. You know, and it was a lot of like beer. It was a lot of, There was always, for some reason, like one weird, like Timothy Chalamet perfume ad. I don't know why there (laughs) always is one like during the game. And you're like, why? It's like, I guess, because like the women, we got to get the women. And that was some idea. Um, And then so, yeah, car, beer. What else did they have? Um, Like state farm, you know, like insurance type of stuff. But Mm -hmm. now it's like all those have been completely blown out by by the pharma it's like all that stuff is weighed out you don't really see those ads
1: either. yeah yeah so like historically and and to add to the list that you had compiled i think qsr quick service restaurants yeah like McDonald's yeah or burger kings whatever and then your cpg consumer uh sn- like well, think like snacks and beverages like yeah. so like frito yeah, yeah 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 but it i've i've noticed it too so that, hence i'm here talking about it with you but um yeah i think uh one of the things that I guess these other um, these other verticals have at the disposal is their core audience can be reached on other advertising channels, right? And so the fragmentation that's happening in in the in the media landscape, basically, just to give you a sense, you know, like ten years ago people used to spend an hour and a half on their uh, uh, hour and a half on their phone. Today, it's like four and a half, maybe even more right? And uh, that's inverted uh, from, you know, people's TV behaviors, basically, like a decade ago. So they used to watch a lot more TV and, you know, do a lot more, uh, do a lot less, you know, uh, engagement on, on, you know, their mobile devices. And so they have outlets, they could go to Facebook, they could go to, you know, they could go to TikTok, they could go to Reels, they could do short form content. But, you know, um, there is a significant decline in long form content. And since Pharma targets these old folks, that's like their best bet. really.
0: Yeah. So now they're totally incentivized to put all their chips on football and Golden Globes while, Mm -hmm. you know, Coke and like the CPG people are like, well, we'd rather spend more money on TikTok, basically. And and like Instagram reels and stuff.
1: Yeah. I mean, TV wasn't always, uh, you know, Pharma's big channel. Um, You know, another thing that's happening in the media landscape right now is, Radio advertising is, you know, shrinking. Um, print, so think newspaper uh, advertisements and magazines. So, like, uh, just to give you a sense, uh, newspaper circulation is down forty percent in like the last ten years. Um, so, forty million households used to subscribe to some form of newspaper ten years ago. Uh, recently, I saw a number quoted at like twenty-four million. Um, And then for the radio piece, um, podcasting and what we're doing right now is kind of disrupting that. So the avenues of reaching a broad set of people um, for um, for pharma has kind of dwindled. Right. And so that doesn't mean that they're not buying in these spaces, because like as soon as you brought up this like this pod, I was like, oh, let me just let me just go on Twitter and type in pharma NFL. Right. Yeah, and then so you get a, a long list of people being like, "What the fuck?" You know, completely. Really? So
0: people are talking about it. What are they saying?
1: Oh, I mean, like, uh, I see. think my the favorite one that I saw was, uh, some, like, they they should just call the NFL the PFL, the Pfizer the, the <laughs> <laughs> Pfizer Fis- Football League. So, like, um, yeah. th- I mean, what are you seeing? You got the computer in front Here,
0: of you. Yeah, let's look at it. We can. This is one thing you can do with. Uh... Oh, I love it. Oops, wait. This is not what we want. Hold on. We want uh this. There we go. Yeah. All right. So, yeah, uh Pharma NFL. Now every ad is Pharma. Yeah. Yeah, look. Is this poster? Yeah. Yes, it is. So, yeah, people are people are talking about this for sure.
1: Yeah, and then strangely uh, you know, I'm going to say we're, doing we're, a we're... pod. Oh, nice. There you go. Promote it in pod. In pod promotion. Uh, (laughs) Dapper marketer. Dapper marketer. There you
0: go. Yeah.
1: We're promoting. Oh, this is so so.
0: (laughs) Yeah. So people are asking. People are definitely noticing it, you know. Yeah, it used to be where humor was used to sell beer and Cheetos. And now you're right. It's it's really gross how you know they're using these uh. like really outdated and crusty old pharma or sorry, regular ad humor um, concepts to sell a vaccine. It's like, I think the, 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 the Travis Kelsey Pfizer vaccine ad is like, the concept is, all the ways in which you get two things at once. Right. Which is like, this is a very typical type of ad concept where you're, It really has nothing to do with the product, but it's Correct. just like a funny little sketch about all the ways in life in which getting two things at once is great. You know, it's like, look, I can get my, you know, b- burger and beer at the same time. Or, you know, all these, he's like do, mowing the lawn and responding to emails at the same time. Like, it's just a typical fun and game, stupid, low hanging fruit concept, Mm -hmm. but it's designed to sell as this person is actually saying uh, it's designed to sell chips, not to sell vaccines to the population. Like it's, it's completely ridiculous. Um, But anyway, so
1: yeah. I mean, I think they have to make it, they have to change up the styles because you know, on like, normal network linear television they're typically doing like the long form like an old guy with his uh with his partner they're they're you know they're they're walking walking they're they're taking a long taking a long walk and then there's like the never-ending list of disclaimers yeah 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 so like you know ask your doctor if this is right for you (laughs) type of thing yeah Uh, but uh you know tv wasn't always their 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 first bet you know i think pharma didn't get to start advertising to consumers directly until like the early eighties, I believe in the first Yeah.
0: So, right. And the other category of, of that is now allowed to advertise that didn't used to be is gambling. So now every <laughs> ad is frigging farm drugs and gambling. That's literally like what it all is now. It's so yeah. evil and dark.
1: Yeah, we, there's a like, there's a couple of, uh, we have a couple of gambling customers and they're great, great folks. Uh, they're a lot of fun because they love sports and you know, they're, they're fun people to be around, but uh, yeah, definitely changes it up. But um, so, yeah, so those, those two channels that his like, so like the first ad was like in reader's digest and then like, they had to take up like half the fucking page in the, in the newspaper ad or the, magazine ad to basically be like here's the long list of side effects or whatever and then like yeah. the 90s came around and they started like the Fda started relaxing these uh these regulations and so like in I think it was like 95 97 whatever something like that I was like 10 years old so uh this is this is shit I read somewhere uh, like out months ago but anyway uh they started relaxing the rules and you could start dropping 800 numbers and websites and be like okay Here's how you f- find out all the side effects, but I think ultimately what they wanted to do is to have uh, th- it was like kind of like a Trojan, ho- not a Trojan horse necessarily, but they wanted the consumer to come to the doctor and be like, "Hey, um, I heard about I heard about right. this brand. Yeah. Uh, do you think I need it?" Basically, yeah. Yeah, And
0: and, and that's what they're doing. And that's the idea. And I I worked in pharma, so I was close to this. And there's all kinds of things you can say and you can't say. And you have to there's a thing called like the balancing test. You have to like balance. I forget exactly how it goes, but it's like you have to balance the benefits with the negatives. uh, You know, and that's why they had that whole line of like, you know, this will give you hot dog fingers Uh, which is the SNL thing. But but this used to be, again, like these ads used to be not very common and they were a joke. You know, they were always like, ha ha, right? And then we kind of started seeing the rise of the boner pill ads, which was like, you know, the old couple walking through the meadow and then like a picture of a strong, like a
1: metal pole. <laughs> yeah, yeah. like they're at the grocery store and there's a big cucumber on display. <laughs> yeah, yeah,
0: there's like a giant or a zucchini. Like metal cucumber <laughs> or like a like, like square bathtub, you know? It's like, look at this, which was, that was like funny though, right? And it's also like boner pills. It's like, I think they're harmful, but it's also like, okay, whatever. This is kind of funny. Like, you know, it wasn't a big deal. Whereas now we're entering this phase where it's like, you know, you see stuff on there for Sky Rizzy, which is – what is Sky Rizzy? This is like a eczema pill, you know? Like you're getting all sorts of stuff that's like – yeah, I'm plaque kidding. psoriasis. Oh, my God. Did you see the ad? Oh, man. The really crazy one was the – um. It was so horrifying, dude. It was literally no. like the most post-apocalyptic thing ever. Did they actually the... show
1: the person suffering from the eczema?
0: No, it was the alopecia ad.
1: Oh, that's alopecia is the one where you can't grow hair. Or yeah, is this the is one the one why, this is
0: why Will Smith beat beat up. Ah, this is why Will Smith beat up. Um, beat up uh, beat up. Uh, what Chris like? Rock, <laughs> Chris Rock, because the ad was. Oh come on where is this ad this ad was so ridiculous uh see it's like it's even weirder that they don't show it to you immediately because it's like what this should be the first thing that comes up when you see this but anyway there was this i, I can't find it right now but there was this ridiculous alopecia ad where it's like just people walking around and they have like huge spots of hair missing and then they like, you know, yeah, then they get their, uh, they get their alopecia drug. And it's always funny because when you get the treat, when the people go from like the sad to the happy, they're never like totally cured, you know, they're always mm-hmm. like, cause they can't show them being totally cured. They're always right. like 80% cured. Um,
1: I mean, yeah. that's the business model though. They never truly cure it outright. They just,
0: yeah, they keep yeah, you, they, right, they like, you
1: they help you they help you maintain of, it, right?
0: Yeah, dude. It's so, like a uh,
1: routine oil change, right? Yeah.
0: I'm really looking for this commercial. It's not
1: like they created a car that doesn't need oil. It's just, you know, you just keep on getting the oil change.
0: So so basically the thing that you're saying here is that um like the reason this is happening is because the younger people don't really have Uh, The the younger products don't really – here, wait uh, I can't – I'm looking for this ad. I can't find it. But um, the the younger – like the the bigger industries don't Uh really like – they're not as incentivized to uh, go on these old channels anymore because the – but I mean the thing is the NFL viewership isn't plummeting. The NFL viewership is at like an all-time high. Correct. So these ads have to be really, really expensive. Is there a part of it that it's like the only people that can really afford these ads are the big pharma groups?
1: Uh I would argue that there are, yeah. I mean, they they do have a uh basically like a, a financial profile or a company profile, revenue profile revenue profile. That's the word I'm looking for, revenue profile that lends itself to, you know, investment in that they can, right? They can invest in more expensive channels, obviously, like, but, but they're doing that. They're basically going everywhere that they could reach old people. Right. And so one of the surprising things was, uh, you know, like they're, they're buying up, uh, they're doing basically every other slot is a pharma ad on during college football games on, on radio, terrestrial radio. So that was, that was a, a interesting little tidbit that I had not even considered. Right, and so, but like, yeah, magazines are going away pretty much. Newspaper circulation is down, so they they have to overinvest, and, and historically, they have to change the the balance of their advertising portfolio. But yeah. yeah, and they have the money to do it. And like, after you come come off of COVID, you know, record high billions of billions of dollars. I mean, Moderna grew, you know, thousands of percent, uh, you know, in the in the past few years, right. and it is it is falling apart just as fast.
0: Right. Because they just can never hope to get to that same level of revenue. Right. Basically.
1: Right. And then, I mean, that's a, that's, I think a lot of industries kind of had that, have that challenge where, uh, you know, in 2021, 2022, there was a kind of a, an asset bubble or a finance or a bubble in certain industries. Right. Uh, and I think pharma is one of them. Yeah. Pharma, You know, like it was a, it was a black swan event. Let's call it that. Right. And so, uh, they they were the beneficiaries of said black swan event. And now they're trying to spend money, um, record amounts of money to basically, you know, keep that growth, uh, you know, uh, at, a, at a decent clip.
0: Right. Okay. Well, where's this all going to go? I mean, are we going to, do you think that like this is just the way it's going to stay? Or are we going to ever get back to a more sensible thing? I mean, at a certain point, it would seem that, Somebody had to, like, somebody has to make this stuff illegal again, right? I mean, it, like, well, oh, there's advertisements only... are not meant to be for drugs. That's just not how it's supposed to be. You know, you're you're supposed. Also, yeah, do you know this whole thing of what an unbranded campaign in in marketing is, or of in course. in uh, drugs? No, oh so, no,
1: generics or no. So, record? what an
0: unbranded campaign is is it? It's like a one-two punch, like when when pfizer is developing a new drug for some disease right mm-hmm. they run first what's called an unbranded campaign which is an awareness campaign about the disease so that's why sometimes you'll see a, a like a, a campaign for some some like new disease you've never heard of that's just like oh this is for like parkinson's to, to use an example awareness mm-hmm. right so then it'll be this whole Parkinson's awareness thing so people start to think do I have this disease and then then it's time to run the branded campaign which is like the drug that solves the problem so it's yeah. a one two punch of of how they advertise these things and it's really it's brilliant thing, like it it's brilliant but it's also like this is not how medicine is supposed to work. This is how drugs work, right? It's like medicine is not even dating back to Adam Smith, you know the the fa- you know father of capitalism or whatever invisible you know, hand. What? Yeah. <laughs> uh, you know, he even says you're not supposed to have, uh, you're not supposed to have a market for certain things like really, really inelastic goods that people will pay any amount if they think they have some disease that's not a rational market you know right. there's no rational market for insulin people will pay any amount of money for insulin there's no it's keeping them alive so it's like you really shouldn't have a market built around these uh, drugs
1: yeah i think uh i think the united states and uh, there's two countries that allow this uh direct to consumer advertising for pharmaceutical products. And I think the other one's New Zealand. I don't know how they got there, but maybe yeah. maybe we could pull that up. I don't I don't think it's that relevant to the conversation, but there's, an outlawed basically everywhere else, right? And so um, I don't necessarily know how all these, other, I, I would imagine that it's probably a B2B marketing play in other countries where they're actually like, you know, marketing to the doctors, right? But I would imagine that the tactics of going bottoms up like the pharmaceutical industries do in the United States and New Zealand are far more effective, right?
0: Yeah, well, so that's the, so that's called an HCP campaign, which is a healthcare provider campaign. And that's what all pharma used to be. All pharma used to be just like these HCP campaigns, which was going direct, trying to figure out – uh you know, um, why or trying to figure out how to get through to doctors. And those campaigns are a lot less creepy to me, you know, because mm-hmm. it's kind of up to the doctors to be able to sift through the stuff. Although I mean I will say, when you really see how the sausage is made and how they get through to these doctors, it's so it's equally horrible. But there's just so much corruption, you know. Um but uh yeah like my uncle it was an allergist is an allergist and I you know when I didn't know what I wanted to do when I was like 12 you know 15 years old or something I mm-hmm. went and did like a summer internship with him
1: Uh uh-huh.
0: and um, it was like two weeks and I fucking hated it. I was like sleeping in the corner the entire time because I was so like bored and annoyed um but I remember vividly like every day he, there would be an influx of these farmer reps and the farmer reps would be like bringing fajitas to the office. And, you know, there and they'd was, be like, very it was, attractive
1: like, probably. Yeah. Right? Very
0: hot. And, um, that's still true by the way. Like when I was working in pharma, I met, I hung out with some of the reps at this conference and it was like, they were all like beautiful people, you know, because yeah. they're, yeah, they're all like, you know, college swimmers who then go and start selling uh <laughs> selling drugs. But um you know that felt a little better to me because then at least you have some type of intervening force. You have some filter mm-hmm. of somebody who like look, I'm doing this every day. I know what's real, I know what's not real and I'm going to tell my patients this or that. Whereas what you realize now, I just went through this Mm-hmm. If you have a drug that you want in your head, even a really schedule a drug
1: mm-hmm. and you
0: go to doctors and start asking for it, they're going to give it to you. You oh, know, sure. like, it,
1: like, yeah. Oh, so I, like, back. I have back pain. <laughs>
0: yeah. Right. It's like, and that's what happened with, you know, one of my favorite books recently was uh, the empire of pain or whatever about the Sacklers and, and um, what happened with Oxycontin. And it's like, just the level of damage. This is why drugs are illegal. Like the, societies make drugs illegal because the level of damage you can do with them is just so massive.
1: Yeah, I had a couple friends that uh, that you know went down that uh, pipeline of injury, get prescribed, uh, pr- prescription goes away, uh, turns to street drugs. Yep. Dead. Yep. Uh, three friends. Last years. So Jeez. Yeah, yeah, no,
0: it's very common. And like, they, they, write, they go and start getting the, the right, what they can on the street and it becomes a complete addiction.
1: Yeah. Um, but um, there, there, yeah, there's, um there's this, before I hopped on this call, uh, my CEO sent me this thing. There's an article called the insufferable bros who run corporate America. And it kind of describes how, how the advertising and use of data started like kind of, Presenting itself in the in the eco in the pharmaceutical ecosystem, and guess who had a hand in that one? Sackler, <laughs> the Sackler family. So, like uh, right. uh, a firm that was owned by the Sacklers basically built the the foundation of how people use data to then identify potential patients um, for said pharmaceutical drugs, and I don't think that's evolved very much. So,
0: yeah, you also see that with the um, with the studies. So. Every study that we go and refer to that shows the effectiveness or this or that drug or the the bad effects of like seed oils or everything like that, every single one of these studies is paid for by a private company that wants the study to go this way or that way. True. Sure. And it's just unbelievable. I mean, it's unbelievable that we have a society that works that way because it's so obviously going to lead to bad stuff. And now they're polluting the airwaves with it. It's just Out of control. So, um, you know, for somebody like Moderna, what happens to them? I mean, if they can't find some other way to fill in this revenue that they're obviously not making anymore, what do they do?
1: I don't know. It's going to be tricky because I would imagine that the shareholders are going to start dumping the stock if there's nothing new and novel on the horizon. Um, I, I don't know their business intimately. So, um, but I do know that they were, uh, I did look this up before we hopped on the pod or before we hopped on the pod and they or were actually, they had some new products in the pipeline that they were advertising. So we'll see, we'll see if that, uh how successful that is. But yeah, um, it doesn't, does I mean, seven, a 75, I mean, a lot of companies took a fat haircut because there was a lot of, you know, money was basically free for, since 2010, right? Uh zero interest rates. And then, you know, Uncle Jerry at the Fed start cranking the the the, the rates. And so um it's gonna be it's gonna be it, and it's it's been difficult for a lot of lot of verticals and like even tech, you know, there's no hot not not nearly as much hot money flowing into the tech sector as well. And um anecdotally from what, you know, my peers have told me who are also in the space, you know, a lot of folks have seen like 25, 30% haircuts on revenue um, from the peak in 2021, 2022. Um, So unless they get another blockbuster drug or we get another uh, black swan event, uh, it's not looking pretty promising for them.
0: Yeah, right. It's like, it's weird. It's like you've propped up these massive, money-making drug corporations with a global mandate and now what do they do and right so that's really what we're seeing I mean we're basically seeing like these dragons that you've created they're like languishing around although Pfizer's got so many things out there that I mean they, they're they probably I mean Pfizer's got to be like the most powerful single force in the world probably I would imagine
1: I mean there's there, it's it's important to distinguish we're using pharma broadly but like I think the the two that fall into everything that we're describing are the ones that were the beneficiaries of the, the vaccine of, of, you know, the vaccines and COVID like, but like Johnson and Johnson, um, from what I saw, it was like maybe like a 10% bump on their revenue. So it wasn't like a multiple increase. It was like a 10%. And the reason for that is, uh, Johnson and Johnson is a diversified healthcare business, right? So they do pharma, they have other products. It's a conglomerate. They have, Shit tons of stuff they sell, right? Yeah, and they sell, have like baby not,
0: powder and shit. They, yeah, they they're not
1: they're stuff, not yeah. like dependent upon, you know, the success of a couple
0: drugs. you know,
1: blockbuster drugs, you know. And same thing goes with Merck, Abvi, and like, you know, Glaxo Smith Klein, all those companies, like they have more shit to sell. So they're not at the whims of uh, you know, these types of events.
0: Right, right. Wow. Um, okay, so you've been doing some other writing uh, in the sphere. Let's talk about that for, for our remaining time here. So sure. uh, you just published an a, a article and a story um, where you're talking about the age of bullshit, the end of the age of bullshit. And you're kind of going into the numbers on ad spend and uh, how things are changing and, you know, kind of the fraud that exists inside the system. So lay out this argument here of what you mean by time for the end of the age of bullshit.
1: So I think there's two things that are happening right now, right? There's no c- accountability for the role, I would argue, for at least at, when when you get Wait, the high the role profit, of what? The role the of CMO. Chief mar- yeah, yeah, chief marketing officer. When the higher you get, you know, the the less accountable you get. And I think a lot of that has to do with, you know, partnering with agencies, so you're buying a lot of marketing programs that are kind of bundled together and you don't necessarily know uh, you know, what's a turd and what's not a turd, uh, for lack of better words. But like, so I think, uh, there's, even if you if you take like a user experience, think about how many junk ads you see that, you know, nobody ever clicks on that some advertiser is probably paying for. Right. Um, usually they're like the chum boxes at the bottom of the article or they're like interstitials in between or on, on uh, news publications and so on and so forth. And like, it's not a good user experience. Everybody knows that uh, they don't convert. the 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 It's probably they're probably upside down in terms of revenue generated from that investment. And so, what I, what the piece basically stresses, like, all right, let's call a spade a spade, and just like turn off the shit that doesn't work or that's a bad user experience because you're literally setting money on fire, right? And so, um, I think. Uh, there's that piece, and that leads into the other other compo- uh, the other thing that I stressed, which is, you know, marketers should be should know how they contribute to the business. They should know how much revenue they influenced. And I think once you get to companies of that size, it just becomes like a hey, let's just execute on all of these uh, marketing channels, and basically, you know, we'll just keep doing it because uh, it's easy to repeat this playbook. And you start you start to you see that a lot with um, you, you start to see that with integrated campaigns that are typically executed by like larger agencies, for example, right? The the big networks, right? And so uh, ultimately, um, I think uh, it's, you know, I think we've gotten to a place where the bloat in marketing needs to get trimmed, the fat needs to get trimmed, and uh, m- marketers should be leading the way in, you know, chopping these channels that are not performing not delivering value to their business and you know it's like basically having an honest discussion with oneself
0: right so yeah like why are people investing i like when you call it a chum chum bucket at the bottom of an article you know these native ads that just sit down there and like how do my question is this like Say that you are a CMO and you're inside these companies. I'm always amazed that these new channels immediately get picked up. Like these digital programmatic ad things that are like ad robot or, you know, like there's a million of them, like ad Ad shark, Mm -hmm. you know, and you hear so many people getting rich on creating these little programmatic ad. I don't know if it's channels. That just feed digital ads across a million different platforms you and, hear and there- of so many people who've gotten rich off those how did those people convince cmos to spend money on these random little digital things like so quickly
1: um you know <laughs> um you know i haven't always been in advertising my backgrounds enterprise software i'm a tech dork right um yeah. i think one of the things that the, one of the first books I was handed was um, a book by a guy named, I think his name's Ken Ar- Arletta. Oh, yeah. It's F- Frenemies. Frenemies. And, I've
0: read Frenemies. And, yeah.
1: and, it, and it describes the relationship between the agencies and the, uh, the, let's call them providers, service providers, or, you know, whatever, publish, publishers. And there's, a, I mean, from what I've read and what I've discerned, there's a fair degree of fuckery that goes on over there. Um, and uh, you know, there's uh, rebates that happen, and yeah, so, th- yeah. so the in in many cases, agencies are incentivized to sell turds to their yes. clients that yeah. they know won't perform, but that will line their pockets. Right? Well,
0: so tell us about that a little bit. How did? It- Yeah. Explain what a rebate is. Explain that whole thing, because that's actually important to know of like how the system works.
1: So like, you know, they'll, a deal will be structured in a a way where like if you hit a certain threshold or you sell X amount, you get to, you know, pocket, pocket 15, 20, 30% 30 of that spend as your own, as your own revenue. And you get to recognize that as your own revenue. So that's basically what is being discussed. Um, a lot of these programs are spun up on like made for advertising sites. And I think there's been uh, a lot of pushback on, or I think people are starting to call bullshit on this, you know, basically these websites that are just basically article directories and, uh, you know, they're just, they're just the supply side of that equation. And, you know, I would argue that not a whole, I mean, you don't get a lot of visibility into how much traffic and, you know, like, I don't think I've ever seen, uh, any of these websites convert, you know? So it's usually like a big fat zero and your return on ad spend is upside down. So right, um, there's, you know, the show me the, uh, sh- what, what is the saying? Munger, I think Munger said, it, show me the incentive or, or tell me the behavior and I'll tell you the incentive or something like that. Yeah. So, I mean, they're incentivized to sell these programs that don't really do anything for their bottom line. And I think it's time to make the case for you know, not having all these fraudulent uh, marketing campaigns, uh, right. all these all this ad fraud happen. Just cut the shit and fucking move on, right? And use channels that actually work, or actually that people actually see, or that's not uh, you know a click farm in India or whatever right. <laughs> under the guise of of a v- VPN. So, so what
0: uh, are the channels that people actually see? I mean, clearly they do see football, and clearly they see. I mean, yeah, but so, so where, yeah, what are the channels that are still reliable or that are, are reliable?
1: I think, uh, podcasts, uh, out of yeah, home
0: podcasts. Everybody wants the podcast ads. It's well, really, you true. can
1: track engagement, right? You can see how long a person listened, uh, listened to it. You can see when they dropped off, so on and so forth. Out of home is great. I mean, obviously AdQuick sells out of home. Uh, you know it's an out of home marketplace but like you can't skip a fucking billboard you know or you <laughs> you can't fr- fraudulently like place a billboard it's gonna be there it's a real thing you know it's yeah. um yeah. I think uh paid social is still I mean paid social is obviously like you know uh whole industries have been created around it. uh, direct to consumer uh, consumer packaged goods companies that are using those to to grow their business before selling into, you know, a conglomerate or whatever. Those, those, those have been working. Like, obviously, you know, people talk about the ads that they see in Instagram. So that's like a real thing, but like, does anybody see the ads on these made for advertising websites? I think not, but it's a significant chunk of uh, you know, the industry there's I don't know. And I I don't, I can't remember, recall the number offhand, but I think it was like 82 billion is just set on fire every, (laughs) every year.
0: 82 billion. Yeah. You said that 82 billion is, so you you track the global ad spend at 1 trillion a year, which is actually kind of smaller than you'd think. Mm -hmm. I I think that would be bigger. I mean, if you think that BlackRock and Vanguard have like 10 trillion under management, you know the fact that the entire advertising agency is only one trillion is is uh, actually in the entire world is actually not that much
1: yeah, yeah. but the interesting thing is and i i, I just pulled it up because i wanted to get the number right but yeah and juniper research said of that like of that like big bucket like only 23 of that can actually be uh prevented with modern tooling so like the fact that they're spinning up—it's kind of like the priming that you were describing with the pharma stuff. It's like, hey, you don't know about this, you don't know about this uh, disease, so you prime the audience with the disease, and then you show up with the branded piece, right? So it's kind of like, hey, you don't know about these MFA, then they're never called MFA sites, but like you don't know about these channels, and basically they'll get, they'll get primed, and then they'll obviously sell them. So it's kind of a similar thing.
0: So how do they prime
1: well, the uh, I don't think I don't I don't know any marketer that runs their own media buying and planning that actively goes out and seeks to do business with these people. You know what I'm saying? Right. So, so how, how do they it, get
0: in front of them? How, how does a so just to clarify for the audience, he's talking about media sellers who sell these weird channels, like these chum buckets at the bottom of articles that are it's a bunch of like clickable ads about your belly fat or any of these other digital channels, you know, like in inline ads on apps that you download from the store, etc. So how do they get to these? How do the sellers of these bullshit channels get to the CMOs? you're saying like, you're right. You're right they don't via, reach via their out. Agency they, they get to them. Wait, what?
1: Via their agency partners. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So um I'm I, I don't I can't quantify this and I don't know how frequently this happens, but like uh it's usually you know the they're sold in packages by by the basically the, the largest hold code.
0: By the media agencies, right? So like yeah. media agencies like what is so yeah, they, like basically there there's what is some what is like the big media agency? There's
1: like five or six big uh, conglomerates of uh, of agencies so WPP, Publicis, Omnicom.
0: Right, but they own so you know they own yeah, ecom. I feel like I've dealt with ecom before. I'm trying to think of So it used to be that your advertising agency both bought the media, OMD. That's the that's the uh that's, that's Omnicom's Omnicom. media agency and right. I've worked with them a bunch of times. So um it used to be the way that it went was you had one big agency of record AOR that did everything. Mm-hmm. They bought right. your media meaning they bought the space on TV and they bought space in magazines and they did the creative on top of that and they monetized by tacking on a 15% margin or commission on all of the media sales. That's how the entire industry worked. And they funded all the creative with that 15% on the media by itself. Then the entire world got completely balkanized to the point where now you have media agencies that do the buying and you have creative agencies that do the creative. But all of those agencies are owned by huge holding companies like WPP, which is like, Actually, stands for wire paper products, it has absolutely nothing to do with advertising, <laughs> like you know, Steinhardt Wig Company in uh, yeah. in, in 30 Rock, with that actually owns everything. It's like some old, you know, company like, that really has nothing to do with
1: what, like the General Electric Microwave Show, right?
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Wait, what was that?
1: I think that that was uh with a cable cable vision was owned by a mic- microwave company i think yeah, in third right. rock right, <laughs> right.
0: Like yeah that. exactly and that's how everything is now it's just these massive holding companies uh that own everything and they really have nothing to do with like the underlying uh thing so um yeah but ult-
1: ultimately you know uh these get these less than desirable from 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 the advertiser's perspective, Lessons desirable, uh, channels or tactics get thrown in or bundled with. And, uh, it looks bad for the brand to be honest. Um, and I, I I just, they just need to go away. It's like, it's a one part of the segment that just needs to disappear. Like all these, all these fraudulent, you know, shitty bullshit, uh, you know, advertising uh, campaigns.
0: Yeah, right. It's like these little tiny channels. It's just people getting rich on on uh, stuff that really doesn't make sense. It's like it's like a gold rush thing, you know, but still. And there's there's a new one
1: every year or every other year. Right. Like uh, I talk about the metaverse, like billions of dollars went into the metaverse.
0: Yeah, and it's gone. And like, was, where like, did all that go, right? And then, like,
1: there's 38 fucking. You log into the metaverse, and there's like 38 people there, and like, yeah, <laughs> they're all fucking weirdos and shit, you know?
0: <laughs> yes. What What happened to the fucking metaverse? That's a great call. Like, where did that go? That was like in five seconds, and it, that's completely gone. Yeah, I guess it was like AI. Another horrible, horrible call by Mark Zuckerberg, who's got to be the dumbest billionaire in the world. He has oh. literally never had one good idea in his entire life like everything he does is a bad idea he has never had a good idea think about being great at execution
1: what he's great at execution but he's not even good at
0: that have you used facebook facebook and instagram are horrible they like barely function you they they, they're a complete mess you can't find anything it's they're really like horrible apps
1: i think they've they've had to evolve with you know new entrants in the space um, I'm not a social. The Twitter is my social media channel, right? Instagram, I delete most of the week. On the weekends, if I want to flex something, I'll download it, post it, but or want to share one of my articles, but yeah, I'm not on there a whole lot. But uh, he has been proven pretty resilient uh, amongst all these changes. But the, yeah, the metaverse, I I don't know who used it. Um, maybe it's a money laundering scheme, just like uh, like our uh, Chinese and donut place in San Francisco.
0: I don't think that that's what it is. I think I think that it's a, uh, I think it was Zuckerberg was like, "Look, I've never had an original idea. All of my products are things that I just bought and got kind of lucky with, you know, mm-hmm. like WhatsApp and Instagram. Mm-hmm. I've never d- made anything besides Facebook, which really wasn't original. I mean, the, MySpace existed, all these other things, Friendster mm-hmm. existed. And so I think he was like, you know what? It's time for me to finally have my own thing. And so he was like, I'm going to bet on the metaverse. And then of course it was a complete failure. Yeah.
1: Well, I mean, that came about because, you know, Apple put the clamp down on privacy, right? So they own the device and they could be like, Hey, do you want, you know, Facebook tracking your shit to surface ads to you? And a lot of people said no.
0: Yeah. Right. right,
1: right. So they had an existential thing, but like, I mean, if you look at it, you know, they did a couple reduction in forces and, you know got to a good place but like their stock is at all time high, highs again so like facebook is yeah there's something yeah. to be said about that so like he's not he's not dumb he's a yeah. killer zuckerberg's a killer don't get shit twisted
0: yeah but, yeah fair
1: enough fair but enough. uh yeah the experience you know even i think adam missery was saying adam is the head of the instagram product he was saying that since tiktok came out and the, the video thing is very difficult to uh it's it's difficult to monetize video in it's like in their current state with you know their legacy product uh on instagram so we'll see how that evolves but ultimately like um there it's gonna it's gonna be a challenge we're, we're getting a lot of competition from china and obviously like you know they can compete here we can't compete there so like it's kind of shitty in that regard but you eventually do eventually people will figure that out right but um yeah so i in, in short um I'm, I'm it's a call to action for all marketers to just like be stewards of their fucking company's money because the you know the the good days are gone you know like the the glory days of setting money on fire and not having any you know accountability around it are they're gone
0: Right, you can't just smart. spend all this. This is the the zerp idea. It's like CMOs were spending all this money just on these garbage channels because their media agencies were telling them to. And yeah, frenemies is great because frenemies is like kind of. It's it's not actually great. It, I actually don't really like it as a book, but it's. Um, It does do a good job of revealing how the advertising world really works. And it's all corruption and backscratching and, yeah, rebates on media buys. And it also boils it all down to this one, like, kingmaker, who's the guy who owns, uh, runs something desk. What's it called? Like, uh, media desk or some shit? Oh,
1: no, the different guy. Uh, You're thinking of Trade Desk, but that's... uh... Uh,
0: Trade Desk. Right? trade
1: desk, but you think the kingmaker is uh in the frenemies the the kingmaker that they're describing is uh, uh what's his name uh they they, they they talk about uh sir martin sorrell he's like well this,
0: martin sorrell who got canceled right? for sure yeah
1: yeah he got canceled and then there's uh, uh michael cassett he's a uh, media yeah, Link- michael
0: isn't he the trade desk guy
1: no no he's not no, no. Uh, Michael Caston uh, is an investor in AdQuick because he's a sharp guy. And a lovely man. I met him in person. He's fucking awesome.
0: Wait, but uh, what is his organization called again? I thought it was I thought he was Trade Desk, but no, I guess he's no, oh Jeff media, link. media yeah, link.
1: Yeah, yeah. Jeff That's Green right. is Trade Desk. Um and oh okay. They're yeah. they're the they're the demand side platform for the open internet, but uh it's you know, the the, the the walled gardens are going up and so their life is gonna be a little bit more uh complicated oh, so coming media soon. Media
0: I've been saying this wrong yeah. the entire time.
1: Yeah, media so, link yeah. media link structures all the deals that you know, like you know, the CMOs go meet at CES, they're the the intermediary that facilitates all that stuff. Uh they're 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 they have their hands in a lot of things, but uh, ultimately, you know, it's uh they're the power brokers of the advertising world. Um,
0: yeah they really are the power brokers of but, the advertising. But that's but, what that's kind of the point of that book me is that it's like there's this like one it's like two guys that pretty much or do everything but i mean you know all industries are probably like that to to some degree right? Oh, of
1: course for sure yeah and uh i mean yeah but but like i said michael caston stand-up guy like guys
0: wait so then what is trade yeah i, I had these confused in my head i was saying that he right ran trade, trade desk what is trade desk
1: uh, trade, trade desk allows you to buy, uh, buy ads programmatically across, uh, you know, tens of, if not hundreds of thousands of publishers on the open web.
0: Right. Got it. Okay.
1: Right. And you can, you know, basically use your, use your first party data, your third, third party data to target, uh, oh, specific audiences, it. irrespective of where they are on the internet. So that's, that's their like, value problem. Here
0: we go. This is what trade desk is right here. You ready? Hello. <laughs> Jeez. she
1: faces crazy. convert oh, yeah. faces convert Isaac
0: hello <laughs> I, I, I mean that. I'm I'm
1: in b2b faces convert you know you, oh, want, man, you man. want the you want the happy executive <laughs> on your website
0: this is, this is like the advertising industry in one fucking picture it is this woman with this horrible design like this is the long this is the face of the long house right here um yeah, it, okay, so Trade Desk. So this is yeah, Trade Desk is like where you would go to buy your programmatic mm-hmm. ads. This is mm-hmm. kind of like what we were just talking
1: about. Yeah. And then they they spawned, you know, dozen dozens of copycats. And again, since Zerp is kind of coming to a close, we're gonna see a lot of consolidation in that in that space.
0: Who run who who started Trade Desk?
1: Jeff Green, uh guy Who's from that? Ventura, Ventura, California. Yeah, they're in they're an interesting company. Um
0: It's only been around since 2009 that goes to show people like the the entire advertising industry is now based on this this thing and it's like this guy just started like a decade ago you know and it's like now everything revolves around this one thing it's amazing how fast these things happen
1: yeah i think uh you know And the advertising space could definitely still to the in in 2024 can still benefit from, you know, a lot of workflow automation and technology because, you know, it is an old, old uh, industry. And, you know, uh, when things are done a certain way, think about like Madison Avenue, right? Um, Some people still, you know, kind of operate in that in that mindset. Yeah, so. You know, doing things that they they did. You know, doing it the same way that they did it like ten years ago or twenty years ago. And so, um, there's always opportunity to, to br- you know, bring these crucial workflows online, Damn, or 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 help know, improve yeah. targeting as in trade desks. Yeah, trade desk is like, like from trade desk is an insanely awesome product. Don't get like that's 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 the truth. Um,
0: Here's Jeff Green, ready. Look at what he's chosen to put in the shop. Reach the right audience in China. That's oh,
1: interesting. Only
0: well, we got three thousand followers. Four billion dollars. He's a pr- he's what pretty low key. Like, he's pretty low doing? key. Like, yeah, he's he's like a low key guy. He seems actually kind of cool, though. I kind of like. He's him. a.
1: Ch- I mean, you got to be a chiller if you're, you know, posting up in Ventura, California, right? Yeah. And kind of avoiding the spotlight.
0: Right. So.
1: um i would imagine that there are a lot of publishers on the trade desk or whatever that are some of these garbage fucking websites
0: yeah totally so um okay all right uh cool everybody cool 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 anything else to say about this uh thing that you were just talking about i mean the, Uh, the, the the article the the thread i'll put it in the comments for sure but
1: no ultimately i think uh it's time for marketers to take a you know cold, hard look at, at their programs and be like, okay, well, this isn't doing our business any good. And it's time to start reevaluating their portfolio of marketing investments and start thinking about how they can uh, grow sustainably.
0: Got it. Okay, cool, man. Um, Well, thank you so much. And uh, yeah, uh, uh, let's keep talking about this. You're the uh, guy to go to for media questions.
1: I'm, I'm going to come down there. We're going to grab some uh, Italian yeah. stuff.
0: Anytime, man. Anytime.
1: I miss, I miss Los Angeles dearly, but thanks for having me. Be well. For, For sure, man. Bye.